Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Gravel Trap Podcast. I'm Josh Chambers. And I'm James Stanley. And on today's episode, we're going to review the three races from the World Superbike category from Masana. And then we're going to move on to our predictions for the most three GP races from Saxon Ring. Yes, uh, it was great uh, to see the World Superbikes return to Italy uh, and Misano, and we'll be going over those three races. And of course, this episode, uh, we are so happy to still be supported by Beyond Motorsport, the only organisation offering career transition support for the motorsport community. So, looking at Misano, um, it was great to see the bikes back. It's such a fantastic circuit, and you know, great to be back racing in Italy. I know we said it about Mugello, but with fans this time. Yeah, it is great to have people trackside. And like you said, uh, Misano is a cracking track. Just usually promote good racing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There was some some very close uh, racing throughout the weekend. Um, If if we have a look at race one uh, to start with, obviously, let's start at the beginning. (laughs) it was uh, some very close racing at the start of that one. Yeah, it was a uh, right from the start, a cracking go. Uh, guess uh, start from Ronaldo himself. Yeah, ended up I, going all I the way. Got written down the Ronaldo rocket. <laughs> yeah. Was it, I think he did the same thing for the first two races from when he was starting from fourth, went right down the outside and the long way around turn one to be on the inside into turn two. Yeah, he was so impressive. I mean, we'll talk about our predictions in a bit, but I think me and you may have put our bets on the wrong Ducati this weekend. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's, it is good to see Ronaldo back up there fighting because it's we, we obviously had questions about him at the start because we maybe thought the move away from Davis was a bit harsh. Once you've got the ride, you can't. You don't want him to just do bad. You still want him to be up there performing because it's it's good to watch having more people there at the front. Yeah, yeah. Because we talked about how Chaz Davis had outperformed both the Ducatis um, in in some of the races, uh, especially at uh, Estoril. But Chaz had a very difficult weekend this weekend, uh, crashing in uh, pretty much every session. I think. Yeah, he cr- crashed in the two races and retired from the third. Yeah, and also he had a, an off in the uh, the free practice sessions as well. Same place as uh, Tito Rabat, who struggled to stay on his Ducati as well. Yeah, yes. at, least he, at least he wasn't sat at the first corner this time. Yes, yeah, that's very true. Someone else who had a, a bad crash uh, who didn't actually make the, the... being cleared medically fit was Ducati as well. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the crash, but it's, I already came in contact with the tyre wall, which is never never a good sign. But I'm just no. glad he was able to return for the Sunday. Yeah, because it was touch and go for a, for a little while. And, you know, Yuji needs to, to get back into these races and hopefully have a, a bit better luck. Um, like I say, he's, he's one of these who hasn't had any luck at all this season. No, no. Uh, and he didn't have much luck across... The weekend um, was, well, I say bad luck. Garrett Gerloff, he had to start from pit lane <laughs> for this race, but that of the uh, incident at Estoril where he ran into the back of Michael Renu- Ruben Rinaldi, but also for race two, he had to start at the back because he crashed in qualifying. Yeah, just 
just coming around turn one in qualifying, it was he just just took the front and then I just couldn't quite get the back bike started to get it back, which means obviously I think in World Superbikes you have to ride the bike back round to the pit, but he wasn't able to do that, so he didn't get a time lapping. So like you said, second in the Super Pole race had to start from the back, but somehow managed to get into the top nine. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal riding, really. Um a show of what he could do in all three races. If only, you know, he hadn't had these uh, uh, bad starting positions. We we talked about it a bit sort of last year with Sam Lowe's having to start from the pit lane at, at Mazzano and how long, uh, sorry, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago. Yeah. And no, last year, last year. Yes, it was last year, wasn't it? First year on the yeah. Mark VDS. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Cause he had the incident, at, um, the second Red Bull race. That's right. And it's such a long pit lane that, you know, all the bikes have to have passed the end of that pit lane before you can be released. And it is so long. And so he was at such a disadvantage. Yeah, it's on on the exit of turn three, isn't it? Where they actually rejoin the track. So it's such a long time, especially if there's been an incident at turn one or turn two and someone's run off the track, then you've got to sit there and wait for that last rider to cross. Yeah, luckily that didn't happen. It was a, a great start, as we said, by Michael Ruben-Rinaldi and also uh, top rack, uh, Raz Gassiogli, um, making a good start and starting to to go with them. And, and Rinaldi was able to pull out quite a bit of time to start with. Yeah, he, was, he, he rode a really good race. It, was, it seemed at the beginning Reading was struggling for grip a bit. Yeah, again, they've said struggling with tyres. It seems to be a bit of a theme with Scott Redding at the moment. Yeah, I was, I was, to be fair, I was a bit, a bit confused with that because when they got to the end, there was a lot of commentators were saying how like, amazed they were that Scott's tyre lasted just because he hadn't done the laps on it so far. But he's, he's on the same tyre as everyone else. So I didn't quite get the, the big shock of it lasting, if you get what I mean. Yeah, maybe just um, down to the sort of the what we were seeing at the beginning of the race with him sort of struggling to to seemingly find grip. Yeah, I, th- I think he may have just been pushing a bit hard at that point because I thought he was struggling for grip, but he seemed to settle down because you saw him shaking his head. I wasn't I, that I thought that was because he had no grip, but obviously he could have just made a few mistakes and was annoyed at himself. Yeah, and he is so focused this year on beating Johnny Ray. Like <laughs> it's it's obsessive, isn't yeah. it? Every every interview and. I guess you have to be that way, but in in a, quite a few races so far, he's lost out to people like Rinaldi and and Top Rack, who sit, even Lowe's even Lowe's in the first few races. Yeah, exactly, and not riders that have nothing to lose, but riders that perhaps don't have as much pressure or expectation put upon them. Definitely, and especially when Ray's always basically always finishing in that top three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we said Michael Rivernaldi pulled out a, a, a significant gap, and it was Johnny Ray who sort of tracked him down throughout the race. Yeah, he was just sitting behind him, and then with 12 laps to go, he had a quite remarkable save. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he did crash. He, he had <laughs> crashed and yeah. somehow got that bike up again and they said it was Mark Marquez-esque but those super bikes are heavy heavy machines and 
absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure it is all over social media and we can certainly find it to retweet it. <laughs> but my gosh, it was an incredible save. It reminded me a bit of the Loris Baz one at um, Cota coming around the final corner and qualifying a few years, quite a few years back. Yeah, exactly. Just, just this this bike is laying on the floor and somehow keeping it up on your elbow and your knee and pushing it back up. Yeah, it went for, it went for so long it nearly turned all the way back to the inside of the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the most remarkable thing I think was he only lost one position as they were at that point the top three so far ahead of Scott Redding at the time. Yeah, it was a, it was a. If if just if he could have stayed, not had that mistake, who knows where he could have been when it comes to the end? Because he only finished the same amount of distance that he actually lost. But I still feel like Ronaldo had a bit more in the tank. Yeah, and as we said, an absolutely uh, fabulously run race by Michael River and Audi at home on an Italian bike uh, and a fantastic win in the end. It was, and he carried that on straight into the Super Pole race. He did. Like I, like I said, uh, exactly the same start, literally a carbon copy, round the outside into one, ran it deep into two, so we'd have the inside line. Certainly yeah. had a plan. Yeah, exactly. And it definitely worked. Just for the result for the race one, uh, it was Michael River Rinaldi uh, first by uh, three and a half seconds over top rack Razgatioglu. Johnny Ray, an amazing save, an amazing sort of recovery for third. And Scott Redding uh, on the second of the Ducatis, as we said, getting it home uh, on those tyres that didn't seem to be an issue towards the end in fourth. Alex Lowe's uh, fifth. Alvaro Bautista on the first of the uh, Hondas in sixth. And I will just, I just wanted to to go a little bit further than we normally do with, with these results and mention Axel Bassani on the Motor Corsa Ducati, the Italian, coming home in seventh. He had a brilliant weekend. He did. I've, the last, last notice I've got on the page is Bassani very impressive in all three races. Yeah, he, he was so, so good. Um, really coming to the fore we we mentioned him when we talked about testing and how he'd looked quick and actually was um more on the pace than tito rabat but really showing it here yeah definitely he's only, he's only a young lad as well so he's got plenty of time to develop his his superbike style effectively and maybe do the rise that ronaldo has over the last few years yeah, yeah, exactly. It would be great to see him come through. And we know a Ducati love an Italian on their machines. <laughs> Certainly. So, yes, moving on to the Super Bowl race. Uh, the Italian on the Italian bike made an absolutely fantastic uh, start once again, as you said. Yes, he did. Uh, someone who didn't make a fantastic start was Chaz Davis, who at turn two on lap one, seemed to have just got tangled and went over the side of the like, front side of the bike sort of thing and landed quite awkwardly on his shoulder. And we think it's, he dislocated or part popped out, popped back in sort of impact, but it was yeah. quite a nasty landing. Definitely hurt that shoulder. He, he clipped Luca Mahias. Luca Mahias also unable to, to finish the race. Um, but yes, a very, very heavy crash for Chaz and did show that shoulder pain. Um, coming out of that crash yeah he did and 
after that you had Toprak who was leading, followed by Ronaldo after his great first corner. And it was it was like that for a few laps until about lap six ish, Ronaldo made a really, really good move. It was quite surprising because you don't see many people take a get a move in at the quicker. I think it's Cavone. It yeah. was a I think it I think it took Toprak by surprise, but from from there it just he just went and controlled the race. Well, especially somebody outbreaking top rack. Like, yeah. he, he would be surprised. Someone There was a, a great piece of uh, footage on social media. I think it was on Instagram today from the World Superbikes. Again, um, looking at the conversations the riders had in part Ferme. And it was Johnny Ray talking to uh, Michael Rinaldi and saying, how do you pass top rack? Right, on the brakes, <laughs> he's unbelievable. And they did mention, uh, I think it was in the second race, actually, but definitely applies here, that the Yamaha, it, it's where it's making up the ground, where there's that power of the Ducati. Yeah, and I, I just don't get how he does it. It, it. Surely it's going against the laws of physics to break as late as he does, and especially because especially he breaks so late and then and hard as well. And he's, Most of the time, his back wheel's up off the floor, and I don't get how he makes the apex nearly every time. Well, he's very used to having his back wheel up off the floor, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the stop rack, um, as it's come to be known. But yeah, it, and controlling the bike in those situations. Um, the last of the late breakers every time. Yeah, he's a remarkable talent. And it's nice to see him consistently at the front so far this season. He's, yeah. I think he's, he's, for me, certainly, he's been a surprise title challenger. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw the potential... Uh, last year with the the move to Yamaha and it was it's really come to fruition hasn't it obviously um, being mentored by Keenan Sofoglu a, a world champion in the super sport multi times in his own right um, his riders in the last two weekends if we talk about Dennis <laughs> Onchu as well uh, Keenan he'll be getting some more clients I think most certainly <laughs> he's certainly doing a good job but yeah, top top rack, and he seems to have come on a bit this year. But I think the Yamaha has made a big step as well. Yeah, it certainly seems to be a, a more complete uh, package for them this year. It does in 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 both in both our series so far in the GP and the World well, Superbikes. Yes, exactly. Um, whereas certain other manufacturers <laughs> are not making the leap or going backwards. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they'll pick it up soon. Yeah, it's, it's it's a work in progress, isn't it? They've got lots and lots of new parts that they're trying to test with. Oh, only yeah, time really to test it's James, at the race. James Whitten made a really good point on the commentary that they've taken away and tested almost every part of the Honda, except they've they've done it with different people and also not at the same time. So how can they know all these <laughs> bits work together properly? Yeah, exactly. It's. Uh... It's a bit. It's just a bit of a mess at the moment. Yeah, it just seems um, a little bit convoluted, really, doesn't it, at the moment for for Honda? Um, but yes, it was a very close run race uh, between Rinaldi and Top Rack, sort of right to the end, just half a second in it, uh, coming coming to the finish line. Yeah, it was. It just. It just. I think Rinaldi just managed just to control that distance over the front, like he'd pull away slightly but then you'd have top racks closing on the brakes it was i think i think he, you could see it the most coming into turn i think it's six the after the sh- what i guess we can class as a back straight yeah yeah 
he always seemed to gain a load of time into there. He did. He did very, very, very good on the brakes, as we've <laughs> said. And uh, gained. And, uh, you know, as they develop these bikes and get stronger and stronger, that's only going to be more of an advantage. Definitely. It's, it's, it's great to see consistently now three different manufacturers at the front. Yes, yeah, and also on the podium. So it yeah. was uh, a repeat of uh, the podium from race one. Uh, Michael River and Audi obviously topping by half a second over top rack. Johnny Ray, uh, nearly two seconds back. Johnny in, in this one uh, brings it in third over Scott Redding. Uh, his teammate Alex Lowe's in fifth. And Axel Bassani again, another great finish. Top six this time for Axel Bassani. Was, and- that, the ex- was that the exact? No, it wasn't the exact same top six because Bassani got... It was a same top was, five, though, wasn't it? Yeah, he was seventh <laughs> before. And I will just mention that uh, from the back of the grid, we talked about it a bit earlier, but Garrett Gerloff coming through into eighth to bump him <laughs> up the grid for race two. It, yeah, he had a phenomenal race. I think because it's, I think it's one of the shortest laps they go to. Only 10 laps to go from last on the grid into a top eight. It's, yeah. it's remarkable and we we know the pace he has it's almost such a shame this weekend that we didn't get to see it I mean I feel a bit cheated that we've not really seen the potential that Garrett Gerloff has because of you know he's had some accidents and I, I you know I'll take that one but I really think we're going to see him more up there if you can just string a whole weekend together definitely and it's it's it's, it's a long enough season for him to do it once <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Eugene Laverty, we said uh, returning, uh, did get into the points uh, in 13th in this race, which was, you know, a, a superhuman effort for the for the whole weekend. Yeah, it was a good, just to see him back on the bike is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a very, very close race. We, we talked about uh, advantages um, of the Yamaha coming through. And we certainly saw this in race two. Yeah, you had a first first lap. Top rack made a quite a big move into the fourth corner. Absolutely yeah. shoved Ronaldo way wide. Yeah, and and Johnny Ray really took advantage of that one. Um, the the two men who'd been in front of him at the weekend, Johnny Ray slipping through um, and leading the race. Yeah, he went up from third to first, but it wasn't for too long because then lap two, Ronaldo come back into the league. But then after that, it was a good little battle, to be fair, because then you had at the back at Cavoni again, you had Ray go past Ronaldo, which was a surprise because it's, you know, that's the, that's the Ducati strength of the circuit. But then on the very next lap again, Ronaldo was back past Ray. So it was a nice, it was a nice little tussle for the start of the race. Yeah. And then, you know, it was a good, um, very good riding from all three of the top three in this race because you you were sure that between the three of them at points in the race anybody could have won this one and very very clever riding especially uh from top rack yeah it was he made a made a good move on ray earlier on in the race and then passed ronaldi on lap eight, and then he just really did just control the race from there. He started to pull out a little advantage and then just maintained it. I was a bit worried at the end with the track limits. Yeah, yeah, because we did see that um, affect the the super sport race. I know we don't cover it, but um, it was uh, the the decision of the <laughs> World Supersport came down to a track limits uh, infringement as well. 
Yes, it did. So it was nice to see it not happen because <laughs> we've seen it a lot over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't get started on my rants again this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, a, a controlled and fantastic win uh, for Yamaha. Um, top rack taking points out of Johnny Ray in every single race this weekend. Yeah, it was really, really impressive from Top Rack. And he's really deserved that first win of the season as well. So I, I really do think he might build on this and might see him challenging Ray more often. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was great to see a different winner. And Yamaha, of course, their first win uh, as well as Top Racks of the season. Um he did pull out a bit of an advantage towards the end of, as you said, controlling. It was 1.2 seconds over Michael Ruben Rinaldi, who really, even though he didn't win, it had to be a dream weekend for him. Yeah, definitely. He, he could have nearly got the treble, but Toprak was just a bit too good for him in that second race. Well, I do think it was in the second race, when he started getting passed about by Johnny Ray and Toprak and the bit of a battle. It was the most unsettled we'd seen Michael Ruben Rinaldi all weekend. Yeah, he he just found a really good rhythm on the track and a good setup and he was just able to bang in really quick laps, especially when he was on his own. He was really hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So disrupting that rhythm, I think, as we talked about that strong move at the start of the race by Top Rack was key. Not letting uh, Rinaldi get into that rhythm and, and then so we could attack, you know, it was sort of mid-race, wasn't it? 14 laps to go. Yeah, made, made the move and then and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, the same three on the podium for this one, but not in the same order. A brilliant debut 2021 win for Top Rack and Pata Yamaha, closely followed by Michael Ruben Rinaldi. As we say, a fantastic weekend. Um, we said it, it wasn't the best weekend for Johnny, but he wasn't off the podium. No, and when you, when you look at it, he beat his main, what we'd see his main title rival every single race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scott Rilling again, fourth, uh, followed by Garrett Gerloff in fifth. Finally, uh, the top five result that you know he must have been looking for all weekend. Um, just, just a shame, as we said earlier, that it, we couldn't see it in all three races. But he didn't take him one out this weekend. So he's got the opportunity next week, as long as he stays on the bike and qualifying. Yes. Uh, sixth place, Alex Lowe's. Um, a fairly consistent weekend from Alex there. You know, not on the podium, but not entirely off the pace. Uh, said he was uh, struggling with corner entry. Yeah, I think Johnny Ray had the same problem as well. I, I just Maybe usually on history is a Kawasaki circuit, but maybe with since it's been resurfaced, they were struggling a little. Yeah, and of course the changes to the... I know all the uh, bikes have been working on the aerodynamics with the winglets and everything we see, but Kawasaki uh, is a, a big difference when you look at how they've done it. Obviously, Kawasaki, a massive company, and uh, they have their wind tunnels and everything, but it's really sort of... Um, it's not added on to like, the side of the bike as it is with the Ducati. It really sort of runs through it, and I wonder if that made a difference. Potentially, because like you said, it's more holes punched into it than holes created yeah yeah exactly not the putting the wings on as the the ducatis um following sam lowe's was uh the ducati that we kept talking about another top seven for axel basani um uh, just 
we, you know, we talked about one Italian on a Ducati having a dream weekend for his rookie year in the class. That has to be a dream weekend for Axel Bassani as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because it's not like he's on like the main satellite Ducati. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. The motocorsa <laughs> one. You know, out of out of the the squads there, you'd think after the factory one. You'd go the go eleven one of Chaz Davis, and as we said, he didn't finish this race due to that shoulder injury, having to to pull in early on. Um, then perhaps the Barney Ducati yeah. of Tito Rabat even before we, yeah. we'd go to the Motocorsa team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So a, a fantastic weekend, and hopefully signs of things to come in the future. Definitely, certainly a bright start. I will say uh, that in all three races, he did beat. The Italian I picked to be on the podium <laughs> in this race, uh, Andrea Lacatelli. So uh, you can you can keep your sandwich uh, in in its lunchbox for the time being, James. Yes. <laughs> um, so just taking a look at the championship uh, following those uh, three races, Johnny Ray does still top the table with 149 points now. However, that gap has closed 20 points behind 129 points. Top rack really closing that gap, you know, less than a a race wins worth of points now. Yeah. He's really reeling him in. It's going to be a really interesting battle as the year progresses. Yeah, dropping back a little bit, Scott Redding, 106 points now. Um, you know, fourth in all three races. If it was all he could do at the weekend, at least he didn't throw it down the road. Exactly. It's very valuable point. I've probably learned a bit from the Estoril race. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, not trying to push too hard. And hopefully, you know, in the coming races, Scott will find a tyre he can get on with. Yeah, I think it obviously was quite lacking in practice time. So... Yeah. Hopefully, no more indiscretions. <laughs> yes, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Alex Lowe's is in fourth on 88 points. Uh, Michael River and Audi, after uh, three non finishes so far in the championship, does jump up to fifth after an absolutely brilliant weekend on 82 points. So, looking at points, we'll just quickly uh, talk about our predictions. Um, as we totted them up from the first race, uh, I only got one point for Johnny Ray uh, being on the podium, and you managed to bag two from that one, uh, correctly predicting that Johnny Ray and Top Prack would be on the podium. But none of us predicted Michael River Ronaldo. No, he was certainly the dark horse. Uh, in the Super Pole race, uh, a similar story. Um, I we picked Ray uh, so we both got a point for Ray being on the podium um, but not where he finished in third Uh, I picked Top Rack to finish third so I got a point for that one however you correctly picked Top Rack to finish second so edging ahead with uh, two points from that one and uh, in the race two we both only got points for Johnny Ray um, so one point each from that one so you've beaten me again uh, so it's uh, four six on points this week, and now if we discount the draw that we had last week, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would make it uh, nine two overall to you. After it was eight two. Oh, eight two. Yes, yeah, sorry, eight two. Oh, I should have took the nine. No, I'd, <laughs> I'd have gone back and checked. <laughs> So talking of predictions, we will move on to make our predictions for the MotoGP, who returned to Germany and the Saxon Ring this weekend. Uh, We talked about a short lap 
for the World Superbikes at Misano. But this circuit, the Saxon Ring, a really short lap for for perhaps all the GP classes. Um, maybe Moto Three would be all right, but Moto Two and GP, it's a really short lap. Yeah, it's really short, and obviously, I think you've only got is it three right hand corners as well, so it really does test that tire. The, it's going to be the asymmetric, obviously. Lots of left. I think is it nine left, three right, something like that. So and, yeah, and the, and the track is only two point three miles long, and that's yeah. rounding it up. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of elevation change, though. So I guess they, they, if they, if they could add that onto the distance, they would. Of course, yeah, the very famous waterfall uh, that we saw Fabio Quattararo have a big shake on in, I think it was qualifying last year. Uh, not last year, 2019. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple of years now, hasn't it, since yeah. they've been there? Yeah, yeah, the return to Germany, um, the previous home of dominance for Mr. Mark Marquez. Um, I'll be interested to see whether you, you <laughs> picked him for a podium place uh, this weekend. But we'll start with the Moto3 then, James. Who are you picking for this one? So, Moto3. I've got, he's been in good form this year. You, it, it's a bit of an out-there pick, especially for the win. But I've been impressed with him this year. I've gone Ayumu Sasaki. Oh, well, I did not expect that. So, are we sure that you, Mr. Saki's racing this weekend? Obviously, he had those injuries following uh, the crash last time out at Catalonia, that fractured orbital bone. Oh, yeah. I forgot forgot about that. Um, I'll I'll stick with him, but I'm going to have a a change just in case he's declared not fit for the weekend. Obviously, we're recording this in the week before all the news comes out. So I will, for the win, just in case Sasaki's not riding, I will go for his teammate, Dennis Onchu. Oh, okay. So an out there pick either way. Yeah. Okay. So who have you got following them up on the podium? So for following up a tied first place of Sasaki and Onchu, I I just call it the Tech 3 bike. (laughs) (laughs) So Tech 3 in first, then John McPhee, Oh, okay, yeah. A strong finish uh, from John uh, in 2019. The top six finish for him in six. Yeah, and I think he's 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 a good rider, isn't he? Just he's just got unlucky. And he just like made a small mistake last week, but I feel like he'll be able to bounce straight back. Okay, and the third step of the podium, um, Pedro Costa. Ah, I thought you might say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, the man who seems to be able to overcome and avoid all other accidents, uh, making it onto the podium. I I cannot fault you there. Uh, I actually had a look to see how he did there before in his past, and he he has won a race there before, so I felt like it was a safer pick. Yeah. (laughs) What what have you gone for in Moto3? Well, I've gone for a win... uh, for someone who needs a win, I think uh, Darren Binder. Ooh, I was so tempted to pick him, but I just, it was one of those where Moto 3, you can say that about 17 riders, really. Yeah, yeah. I I just think um, he he's going to want to pick up some more points after, you know, he, it's been a while since he's finished atop a podium. <laughs> um, not yet this year, I'm right, aren't I? Um, um, yeah, I don't think it, yeah, I don't think he's won a race yet. So a maiden 2021 win for Darren Binder. 
Um, I've followed him up with the man that we both agree will not be off the podium in Pedro Acosta. <laughs> uh, but third, I've gone a little bit of a wild card in terms of past form, and I've gone Romano Fanati. Ooh, that is an interesting one because he's either very hot or very cold. Yes, uh, he finished fourth here in 2019 and he's been on a little bit of a run of quiet form. So, yeah, uh, Romano for third. I like that. I like that. How about your Moto2 picks? So, I have gone for an IO1-2 again. Okay, but is it Remy atop the podium? It is. It's Remy then Raul. Okay, yeah. Uh, good weekend for, for, for Aki Ayo again in the Moto2? Again, yeah, they're, they're just the, the power two at the moment. But I just feel like Garden's just got that little edge over Raul at the moment. Okay, and who are you got joining them on the podium? So, another slightly out there pick. Joining the two IO boys on the podium at his home Grand Prix. The Strata line rises to third place. Unbelievable. Yes. I've done it. <laughs> a, a great. Well, he did finish uh, on the podium in third uh, in 2019. He did, yes. So, looking for a repeat of that one. I am. I feel like he can do it. What about yourself? Well, my podium isn't so different to yours, <laughs> uh, really. Uh, I've also gone Remy Gardner to win. Yep. Uh, but second place, I've gone Fabio Di Gian Antonio. Yep. Because uh, I think, you know, we've seen he's got the pace when he's not tripping himself and <laughs> people over. And he did um, go there a couple of years back as well. He did. He finished fourth and he was on the speed up then. So yeah. I think uh, a podium for Digi. You aren't going to believe this, but third, I've also gone Marcel Schrotter. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he's got to do it. The Schrotter line is going to rise to a podium level this week. Oh, please don't let us down, Marcel. We're going to be the (laughs) Marcel Schrotter fan club uh, for the weekend. Um, Whose fan club are you joining for the MotoGP race? I am going to be waving the French flag. But for whom? For Fabio Quattara. Okay, so sticking with what we believe to be the best package and the rider on form, hopefully uh, he has no bizarre incident (laughs) this weekend, such as flappy leathers, arm pump. Exactly. Um, He could could have been miles ahead in this championship at the moment. Yeah, you know, know, some random German man might throw schnitzel at him this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't even know if they've got spectators there this weekend. Um, probably not. I know I that think... Austria is the first one that we're expecting. Yeah. Full Austria, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Germany have got any. No, okay. So, Fabio for the win. Uh, who have you got coming in second? So, last week and the week before, we had some good performances from the KTM in Miguel Oliveira. Yeah, with their new fuel and power, yes, with the, with the jet fuel. <laughs> yeah, so coming in second place. I've gone Brad Binder. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did have a, a good result here on the uh, Moto2 two years ago, coming in second uh, behind Alex Marquez. And in 2018, he won in the Moto2. So the form and the jet fuel and new frame of the KTM taking him onto a podium it to does. be joined by who in third? Joining them is to the Frenchman, Johan Zarco. Oh, okay. Mr. Consistent of this season. 
Right, yes, because uh, you know you can't rule out Zaka at all, and it'd be great to. Well, he's he, having a great run as we've talked about that one slide off in Portimao and a difficult weekend in Hereff. But other than that, very consistent for Zaka. So, what's your Premier Class podium looking like? Uh, well, talking of consistency and where it's going to get him, I've gone Zarko winning, <gasps> backflipping at the Saxon ring. Ooh, that'd be nice. <laughs> and uh, very much flying the French flag this weekend, I am, with <laughs> uh, Fabio Quattararo coming in second place. I do think he's the man to beat. Um, and I, I, I can't see him finishing off the podium, so Fabio second. And rounding off the podium? My wild card, all my third places seem to be a bit of a wild card <laughs> this weekend. I have gone making the Honda work at his very best dominant place in Europe. Mark Marquez gets on the podium wow. in third. I think, personally, I was tempted to put him on there, but I think the bike lets him down. I do, but I read a nice interview today where he said he was in a different place. So he could be, but the bike's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that could be very true. However, I'm willing to take a punt. And I like say, it. I, w- so. I was very close to doing it, but I just think the bike's just quite not there. I well, know. I know. I had a tacker for a few early, but. Now we've got to properly see what the Honda's capable of this year. I, I just can't see it happening. I really want to see it happen, but I just can't see it. <laughs> yeah, well, we shall see what happens with that one. I'd love to see it happen. Um, just just to see him back on a podium, you know, after everything oh, yeah. he's been through. And as we said, the bike, not up to it. But I think if anyone can make it work around the Saxon ring, it's going to be Mark. Certainly, and being a left-hand circuit is going to be good for his shoulder. So that's where he's having a lot of trouble. Was I think was it the right right-hand bends and the flip-flops? Where yeah, yeah, there's only like the one proper flip-flop, as in at speed, and that's coming onto the waterfall, isn't it? Really, because you got the it, the lefts, yeah. and then it flicks over the right. The only other really left or right flicks is coming into the omega, but that's quite slow. Yeah, so. You know, I'm I I feel like it's an educated punt at least, rather than yeah, yeah, yeah definitely the uh, the guesses that we normally throw out there, rather than <laughs> me throwing in Ayama Sasaki <laughs> for a win, <laughs> and we don't even know if he's fit. Yeah, well, talking of that, we there was a draw once there in the it might have been even the one two five class, and uh, between Johan Zarko and somebody, there was a dead heat at the Saxon Ring. So if there if there are two winners. I, I might throw you a bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I forget both of them, right? Do I just win overall I, forever? You know, <laughs> if, if you get a joint, an actual joint win between Yumi Sasaki and Dennis Anju, I'm going to quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kind of hope it doesn't happen then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we look forward to another great weekend of racing from the Saxon Ring, a return to the German circuit. And we'll be back next week uh, to review the races. And then we're getting ready to uh, do our BSB preview ahead of their opening round at Alton Park uh, and a double header, uh, a sec- the second one for the year of us, because it's also MotoGP from Assen the weekend after. Yeah, there's going to be lots of content coming out for us. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter 
of Facebook where you'll see a lot of that. Uh, Twitter is at FTGT podcast and our Facebook is from the Gravel Trap podcast. Thank you very much for listening.